Won't you turn with me to Philippians chapter number two? Now, I'm trying my best not to get bogged down. I mean, it took me three weeks to preach through chapter one, and probably going to take me a couple to get through chapter two. I don't want to spend too much time where you get a little bogged down in the scriptures because you need to do some of the studying yourself. But the series I have entitled Regaining Purpose, Regaining Purpose, because We've lost a lot of our purpose because of COVID and some of the situations and circumstances in this world that we need to regain for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our theme has been from Jeremiah 29, 11, where the Bible says out of the NLT that I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God don't have our bad at heart. He has our good at heart. He wants to make it. I mean, there was a little boy who was sent home from school, uh, got in trouble. He got home, and his mama said, okay, boy, so what did you do? He said, well, I answered a question that no one else could answer. She said, what question? He said, they asked who started the fire in the trash can. You know, uh, that, that, that wasn't a very tricky question, was it? But he was honest and he was truthful. Today's topic, I've got three questions for you to consider out of these first five verses of chapter 2 of Philippians. I mean, most of the time, uh, when Donna says, can I ask you a question? Usually that means I've done something wrong or I need to pay attention because i got to learn something. Well, today I want you to pay attention because you need to learn a little bit from God's Word today. These are three questions from today's text that only you can answer. Just like the boy could only answer who started the fire, you can only answer these questions for yourself as well, and they are questions to make you think. So remember when we look at Scripture, we look at Scripture for what it said then, for what it says now, and for what it says for us personal. So personally, so look at this scripture in that light. Okay, let's pray and read these first five verses. Our Heavenly Father, open the word that we might see, that it might get into the very depths of our heart, God, and move us to obey your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number one, if there be any, number one, consolation in Christ, if there be any, number two, comfort in in love if there be any fellowship number three of the spirit if there are any bowels and mercies fulfill you my joy like you be like-minded having the same love being of one accord and one mind let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves Look not every man on his own things, but every man also, also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, picking out three words in this passage, consolation, comfort, and fellowship. And fellowship means connection. So there's three questions I want to deal with today. Where is your consolation where is your comfort, and where is the connection or fellowship in your life? Now, the first one is this. Where is your consolation? He said, if there be any consolation. Consolation means encouragement. 
Is there any encouragement that we have in the Christian life? Was there any encouragement that this church at Philippi needed or had? Well, I want to ask you a couple of questions myself. You know, not only does the Bible ask us where is our consolation or where is our encouragement, I want to ask you this. If you could be saved on your own works and on your own efforts, could you? I mean, would it be possible that we could be saved on our own efforts and our own works? I mean, if we thought that was the only way we could be saved, there wouldn't be any consolation, would there? There would be no consolation in the fact that I could save myself. I mean, the Bible pretty well tells me that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible let me know that all sinners is going to have their part in the lake of fire. So I don't see any way possible that I could save myself. That's the reason the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that it is by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if I could be saved on myself, it wouldn't be, or by myself, or by all my own works, it would not be an encouragement. It would be a discouragement because I'd never be successful. I would never prevail of saving myself. And so we have to be courage. If we can't save ourselves, if our consolation, if our encouragement is not in ourselves, where is it? It's in another source. Can I tell you it's in another person? Look at the remainder of that question. If there be any consolation, now your consolation or encouragement we're going to see is in Christ. If there be, therefore, any consolation, notice those next two words, in Christ. If there be any consolation in Christ, undeserved because we're saved by grace through faith on the man and the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So he's the who. That's where our encouragement comes from. That's where our consolation comes from. It's not in my works. It's not in my family background. It's not in my church denomination. I, I didn't do anything to save myself personally. It was Jesus himself. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says it this way. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men which we can be saved. So what is our encouragement? What is our consolation? It's Christ. Thank God for the consolation of Christ. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He came in and saved us. We definitely would fall short of saving grace if we had to do it ourselves. But a second question I want to ask you on this topic is, what if you thought you could live out your Christian life on your own? Is it possible? Is it possible for me to go to an altar and repent and come up and tell everybody I'm saved and go out the door and live the Christian life on my own? It is It is virtually impossible it cannot be done every day of my life I fail to live godly every day, day of my life I fail to live Christ-like Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20 as soon as I find it here Galatians 2 20 listen to what the Bible says it says here, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. 
and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, what I can't do, Christ can do. I can't save myself, but Christ can. I can't live the Christian life, but Christ can through me by faith. That brings me consolation. That brings me encouragement. Now, let's look at the second question, and it has to do with comfort. We're going to look at the word comfort. Number two says, where is your comfort? He says, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort now, comfort means uh, a peace, having peace. Christian comfort would be a peace that goes beyond all understanding. So in order to have that peace, that comfort, the comfort comes from God's love. We get the encouragement from the work of Christ and our faith and belief in Jesus. And then we get our comfort from God. And he gives us that purpose here that if there be any comfort of love, it's in God's love. To know that we are saved changes everything. But to know that we're loved changes things in our life. If we know we're loved, it tends to make us live worthy of the love that is given to us. If you are married and your spouse shows you an extreme amount of love, you will more than likely do everything possible to live worthy of the love that is extended to you from your spouse. If we are loved by God, which we are, right? If we're loved by God, we should once we see that love of God, that it brings us that comfort, it should make us live in a way that we look and feel and act worthy of the love that's given to us. So he tells us if there's any comfort in love, and it tends to want to make us be worthy of the love that's shown to us. Not only that, when you experience love, it tends to want to make you love back. Have you ever noticed that? When somebody tells you they love you, maybe it's your spouse, what is the automatic response? I love you too. I mean, it's generally the thought that if you're loved, you love back with that same kind of love. Well, 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. He's saying we love God because God first loved us. It comes as a result of God's love. John 3, 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should have everlasting life. That's the love that God has extended. It's the greatest example of love in human history. And, and that's the reason Galatians 2.25 says, I'm crucified with Christ. You remember I read that? Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And then there's three words there, who loved me, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live knowing the love of God. I did, And you know what? I was saved because of the love of God. Doesn't it say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should, should, should have everlasting life? I was saved because of the gift of love that God sent my way. But guess what? I still live in his love. 
It didn't end on my salvation experience. Romans 8, 38 and 39 shows me how his love continues. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. What a love! What a comfort that brings to the heart, knowing, as I mean, this passage just seems to go on and on about the things in life and the circumstances of life that cannot separate me from the love of God. God loves me. Even after I'm saved, God loves me, and there's nothing going to take his love away from me. That's the love of God. What a love it is and what comfort. Your comfort or peace is in God's love. Knowing that your love gives you purpose and you can take comfort in knowing that there is no greater love. So what's our consolation, our encouragement? It's Christ. What's our comfort, the peace and calmness that we have? It's in the love of God. Now, question number three, what's your connection? He said if there be any fellowship. Is there any fellowship? Fellowship here means connection. Remember, relationship's one thing. Fellowship is a connection. I may be related to you without a connection, but if I have a fellowship with you and I'm being a part of your life and you're being a part of my life, there is a fellowship there. There is a connection. So he said, if there be any fellowship or there be any connection, he said it's through the Spirit, the Spirit of God inside of each and every believer. Your salvation experience began as a spiritual experience. Did you know that? It is God's Spirit that came into our life through faith, this grace through faith, that that connection was made. The Holy Spirit took the Word of God, brought that Word to my heart, I opened up my heart. The Spirit of God implanted that Spirit in my heart, and it took hold. And I suddenly experienced a brand-new spiritual birth. And he says that as a child of God, I now am indwelt by the Spirit of God, and that I walk according to the Spirit of God. Everything about my salvation is His Spirit. Everything about my walk in the Lord is, is concerning His Spirit. I I'm just thank God that when the Spirit of God took that Word of God and I opened up my heart to have that seed of that Word implanted in my heart, there wasn't an abortion. I thank God that I did not abort the seed of the Word of God that God planted in my heart. I could have, couldn't I? I could have rejected it. I could have cast him off. But I didn't. I received it by faith, that word of God. And that spiritual seed took hold, and I become a living creature born again in the Lord. John 3 and 3 said, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Down three verses from that, verse number 6, he says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Our fellowship, our connection with Christ is made possible because of the Spirit. I can come boldly to prayer because the Spirit maketh intercession for me. 
I can come boldly before the throne of grace because the Spirit is making intercession for me. I can live the Christian life I'm unable to live because the Spirit is living within me. And our fellowship or connection there is with God. And even in our Christian family, our connection or fellowship is also by the Spirit. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, 13 said. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. We're part of the body of Christ because of the spiritual implanting of us together in the body of Christ. So your connection is the Holy Spirit. It's a fellowship connection with Christ in obtaining our salvation. It's the Spirit that brings that new birth uh, with Christ. Our fellowship connection is living it out by the love of God and our spiritual fellowship in the connection with the family of God comes from the Spirit of God. So we can take comfort that we have fellowship with the Lord and we have fellowship with each other. Thank God He did for us what we cannot do. You see, He says it results. Notice, you know, King James language, sometimes you look at it and say, why did He say that? He says it's in bowels and mercy. To look deeper at what bowels mean, bowels in New Testament times meant the seat of emotions. Okay, the seat of emotions. Today, we consider the seat of emotions our heart. So in essence, what he's saying there is, in your heart and mercy is extended to you consolation, comfort, and connection. And God did it all for us. God's consolation or encouragement was in Christ. Our comfort or our peace is in God's love. And our connection or fellowship with God and others is through the Spirit. Now, if you look at that, you'll understand that what he said was the Trinity. Can you deny the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons, one person. Boy, it's hard to understand. But he's shown it so clearly here. Do you see? The first one he says is our consolation or encouragement is in Christ, the Son. He says our love is in the love of God. And our connection or our fellowship is within the Holy Spirit. So we see God at work through all three manifestations in our Christian life. If there's any consolation, if there's any comfort, if there's any connection, what there is, it all comes through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this should complete a great and wonderful joy that gives us a common like-mindedness. You go to verse number 5. That's where I'll pick up next week, but I want to read it to you this week. He said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What's our mindset? Is our mindset the mind of Christ, or is our mindset the mind of ourself? In order to regain our purpose, we have to have that Christ mindset that we'll look at next week, that our brain needs to tell us. We need to examine and evaluate what our thought process is and what our like-mindedness happens to be. Now, we need comfort. We need consolation. We need connection. We need all three of those. And when we receive that and we have that thought process of what we have in those our areas if we can answer those three questions correctly and realize and live what they say in Christ in the love and in the spirit we will regain our purpose for God as it should be let's bow our heads 
Our Heavenly Father, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll speak to us, Lord, that we'll take this home with us and we'll apply it, we'll understand what we got, and it will create an excitement that'll bring a brand new purpose or at least regain the purpose we once had in serving you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church. Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.